Thanks for tuning in on the Tuesday show. We've got a pretty dramatic tennis match to recap for you for the men's team. A loss, but still an impressive loss. Speaking of impressive, Betty Menongo was on the American Athletic Conference weekly honor roll. We'll give you a few highlights of what made that the case. And speaking of the American Athletic Conference, I know Mondays, as even promised yesterday morning, are the day that normally we do a full, blown-out, 15-minute version of conference show around the American. There was plenty of action over the weekend. And frankly, Monday, my plans just change sometimes when you've been away from home for a little bit and you realize your wife's off and the dogs and the bird are even happy to see you. And instead of spending three hours on the conference show on a Monday afternoon, I decided to, well, not do it. But we will give you a thumbnail version of it here today because there was a lot of action, not only in basketball, but tennis, namely the ITA kickoff classic, which is reserved for just the best teams in the country. And the USF men were in that group. We'll even tell you what happened with the few conference women's tennis teams that are playing in that event. No one's still left in it. That's the short part of the story, but an impressive showing here and there for sure. We'll also have some soccer notes for you, cross country as well on the academic side. We'll tell you some football information and something that I had meant to mention it happened at least it was announced on friday afternoon and frankly i kind of knew about this bit of news that's why when it got announced on friday to me it wasn't quote unquote news but i figured i'd pass it along and this is something that is great just in general the additions to the athletic staff the pandemic really did strip as we've talked about with michael kelly on past podcasts the department of a lot of valued employees and now they're really adding not just in the stuff that you see out there if you see some fancy videos coming from usf athletics there's a lot more people working on that side of things but on the academic sides as well joellen rome who has been at the school with the academic support services unit since 2017 has been promoted to associate ad for academic services she is a usf grad carlton rice is the new name he is now the assistant athletics director for student athlete enhancement which promotes leadership with student athletes special events all sorts of stuff that he'll be overseeing he was actually a football player at mississippi state in the mid-2000s and you can tell by looking at him that he could still be a football player he was the athletic director at lawson state community college in birmingham the last eight years and now he is a member of the usf family so i would imagine that carlton rice's voice will be heard here on usf bulls unlimited whether it's here on bulls beat or maybe in a conversation with michael kelly again we've got a couple of podcasts lined up with the ad on thursday you'll start to hear those across this weekend just one basketball game to tell you about that'll be on thursday night we'll give you a little bit of brian gregory from after the game against tulsa that was a tough one to recap on yesterday's show but certainly just because it was doesn't mean we're not going to discuss what's going on with the team that has a chance to turn it around and boy you talk about a crossroads this thursday if you continue to look like you did against tulsa and it happens against your rival then that's not the right direction. But if you could beat them, then you have a positive outlook for the rest of the way. Whatever happens, there's going to be a lot of basketball here, especially at the Yingling Center in this month of February. We'll get to Betty Menunga's honors here in a second. But speaking of events that there's going to be a lot of at home, that's tennis. And let's get to that right now. As there have been no home matches so far, again, the women's squad last weekend went to Tallahassee, beat Florida A&M, then took on What's one of the better teams in the country, Florida? And then 
headed to Memphis where dropped a very tight one against Xavier and then more lopsided in favor of Memphis. So Christina Morris's team is 1-3 and three, but showing some real promise. The men started off with a road loss to Georgia State on Friday where if you read the comments of Ashley Fisher, they might not have been fully prepared for that one. And frankly, it's understandable because they knew what was on the horizon, that being the ITA kickoff classic. Again, this is the best teams in the country. Basically, it's the rights to get to the national indoor championship in a couple of weekends in Washington, in Seattle specifically. So Washington basically got a buy into that final 16. The other 15 spots, kind of like an NCAA tournament regional setup. You had 15 groups of four teams with the best teams hosting, just like you would in a regional, and the Bulls going up against 7th-ranked Georgia, but they had to beat Virginia Tech to get there, and that was a big win on Sunday in a hotly contested match. Then yesterday, it was very interesting. The Bulls lose the match by the score of 4-1, to one, and sometimes final scores in tennis are extremely misleading. 4-1 to one sounds like it wasn't close. Well, it was definitely close. First of all, they played this indoors. Unfortunately, the outdoor facility in Athens is beautiful, but the Bulls didn't get to really enjoy that. And the situation there indoors is they just have four courts. Why is that relevant? Well, you can only have four matches at once, and I'm going to guess that after beating the Bulls in doubles yesterday that Georgia assumed they would not need their fifth or sixth players to ever see the court because they would have wrapped the whole match up with three wins in the four top singles matches. Well, they ended up getting that, but yeah, players five and six had to see the court because this was a very close match. The Bulls lose it four to one, but again, all four of those top four singles matches went to three sets. That means the Bulls' top players were going toe-to-toe with some of the best in the country. As a matter of fact, the Bulls' number one player, Chase Ferguson, won his match, knocking off the number one player, Trent Bride, for the Georgia Bulldogs. A guy ranked 62nd in the country was in the top 20 at one point last year. It is interesting, and Georgia, you know, not going to accuse them of stacking their lineup in a weird direction, but does have two players ranked higher than Bride as their number two and number three players. But neither here nor there, Ferguson, after losing the first set, rallies back to win the next two. Now, at doubles, that was close, but Georgia wins it. The Bulls' top team of Rhythmic Bolapalli and Bruno Oliveira got beat 7-5, and that clinched it while Ferguson and Antonio Muniz were in a close win at the number two spot. Number three doubles went decidedly in favor of Georgia. So that was close, but the Bulldogs earned it. And then when you get to singles, and you obviously see it's going to be tight, the Bulldogs actually took the first singles match, and that was a three-setter with Oliveira, the transfer from South Carolina, forcing a third set against Tristan McCormack, but losing 6-3. So Georgia technically was up 2-0, but then Ferguson, with his victory, made it 2-1. Then you had two matches at number two and number three singles, where, get this, the Bulls held match points in both. If either of those go the Bulls' way, it's a 2-2 match. If both go the Bulls' way, and that's not a big stretch because they had match points, then they're leading with the number five and six singles, basically just needing one of those two to clinch this thing. So you can see how close it was to the Bulls actually being ahead of Georgia, but instead losing it four to one because, and credit to the Bulldogs for this, both of their players who were down match points won their match. And in both cases, the Bulls had won the first set. At number two singles, Ivan Yatsuk led the number 23 player in the country, Philip Henning. He's actually the highest ranked Bulldog. 
6-4 winning the first set and had match points in the second set, but it went to a tiebreaker, 7-5, and then a third set victory, 6-4. Hamish Stewart, who's their third best player, according to their lineup, but ranked 32nd in the country. And oh yeah, if that name sounds familiar, he is a transfer from Tulane. He was the Green Wave's top player. Well, Tony Munoz beat him in the first set tiebreaker. Second set, Stewart rolled 6-1, but in the third set, Munoz at 5-4 had a match point, lost it, lost the match 7-5 in the third set. So it would have come down if, again, either or especially both of the Bulls, number two and number three players win their matches to those fifth and sixth courts, which Georgia, to its credit, was leading both in the first set 4-2 and 3-2. So as Ashley Fisher said, we really played some good tennis today. It's special to see how far the guys have come in just three days. We played as one. Credit to Georgia for stealing a couple of matches where we had match points. Georgia is always competing for national championships, and we gave them a scare. Our program is about growing as individuals and as athletes, and we took a big step today. Now you can actually see the Bulls in person, as they'll have a doubleheader this Saturday. It'll be against... Florida Atlantic and North Florida and oh next weekend they're going up against one of the top teams in the country Texas A&M which was one of the teams that advanced to the final 16 along with seven SEC squads by the way that Florida Gator women's team that the Bulls went up against last weekend also advanced on the women's side we said we'd kind of give you a mini version of the conference show pertinent to tennis we'll tell you how the conference did and five teams made it on the men's side that means the american athletic conference is very strong on the men's side but none were able to advance to the round of 16 ucf was the one team that was hosting and therefore would have expected by ranking to advance got pushed by louisville big time the doubles point was tight went to ucf then it came down to number one singles it was a weird one because the other five singles matches were all straight sets and louisville won three of them trey hildebrand though took it in three sets for UCF. That got them a date against Stanford on Monday, and they got rolled 4 nothing. Actually, doubles was close. It was decided at number one doubles, and that was a tiebreaker. But Stanford rolled at the fifth and sixth single spots and then picked up a closer match to sweep UCF out of that thing. The league was definitely going to get a win in Fort Worth because Tulsa and Wichita played each other. Tulsa got the 4-2 victory. Then had to play TCU, and that really wasn't close on Sunday. TCU, one of the absolute best teams in the country, already has a win against the defending national champion, Florida Gators. Also competing, but not being able to grab a W in this event, were SMU and Tulane. SMU lost a tight one to Notre Dame in Winston-Salem, 4-3. to Then they turned around and played Michigan. And again, misleading. It was 4 nothing, but really everything was close, but a loss nonetheless. Tulane, similar situation, was actually playing in Lake Nona and lost to Stanford 4 nothing. So the Cardinal able to really dominate two American Athletic Conference teams. Then yesterday, again, very close in the singles matches, at least at the top, but in matches 4 through 6, Louisville rolled Tulane and picked up a 4-0 victory. On the women's side, just like the men for UCF, the women were hosting, but not going to advance because they got beat by Auburn, and that was also 4-0. That took place on Saturday after UCF had won its opener against Cal Santa Barbara. The other two teams that made the ITA kickoff event, SMU picked up a win over Rice in Austin, Texas, 4-2, but then had to play the number one ranked team in the country, Texas, and lost that 4 to nothing. finally. Tulsa, which also grabbed a win to its credit in Chapel Hill against Oregon 4-2, but then ran into the Tar Heels. 
who are ranked number two in the country and got beat. 4 nothing there. Speaking of conference, again, we didn't do a show yesterday. We'll kind of tell you what's been going on in basketball and give you the weekly honors, which included one member of the women's team. You'll hear highlights of that. Also, another interview from our baseball photo shoots. How about a little Drew Brutcher action for you? We got more, including some soccer notes and football as well. Stay tuned. This is Bulls Beat.